everybody. We are live, live streaming right now on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for joining us. This is episode number 268 of the John Riley Project. We welcome you here for another entertaining podcast conversation. You know, since we are live streaming, we welcome your thoughts and comments. Feel free to type those on the air or in the in the comment section on either Facebook or on YouTube. So we got a bunch of different things in store for you today. And um, I, I'm titling this podcast, uh, um, Putin, Trudeau, Voss, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And so not suggesting they're all the same people, but what I am saying is these are some of the hottest topics right now at the national and at the local level that I kind of want to review. And I, and I really want to look at this through the prism or through the lens of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, because that's really the higher purpose, sort of the moral cause of this podcast. And what we're really trying to accomplish is we want to evangelize, you know, our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So how, how does the, the Putin-Ukrainian um, crisis how is that play? Um, looking at Trudeau and Canada, we've already had the podcast about the truckers. We'll probably comment a little bit more on that. But Trudeau and the emergency powers, how does that play? And then, yeah, here in Poway, um, there was a recall effort on our mayor, Steve Voss. That recall effort failed. We're going to kind of rehash some of the things that went on in that recall. And again, we'll look at it through the prism of our pursuit of happiness. So, that's kind of our agenda today. So hopefully you're looking forward to a fun conversation. So um, let's kind of dive in here a bit. And um, when I talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, what do, you, what do I mean, right? Because when you hear people talk about liberty, um, they talk, everyone has a different opinion of what liberty means. You know, some people you know, I've commented that some are, are freedom for me, but not for thee, you know, freedom to do this, freedom from that. I mean, it's confusing. So we need to break this down because I, this is going to, I think, set the foundation of how we're going to look at a lot of these particular news topics. So life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? That comes from our Declaration of Independence, right? So the preamble, which we all should have memorized when we were school children, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, you know, what does that mean? I mean, if you have a right to your, to life, you, that means you're, you're in charge of your life. You manage you. You're not a subject of a king. You're not a slave. You essentially own you. You are um, in charge of your life. And what does it mean for liberty? Liberty means that you have the freedom to act. You have the freedom to go about your business, to make choices in the world, um, to really determine the pathways you want to take in your career, in your relationship, in your personal life. I mean, you you have the freedom to make those choices about your life. And of course, what's really kind of the, the ultimate moral cause in, in our lives, at least I think it should be, is that we are all sort of pursuing our own version of happiness. And and, um, you know, these are really important and powerful rights because, I mean, th this is the whole purpose of us being on the planet is to go out, go about our business pursuing our own happiness. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of of capitalism and of small government. So people have as much freedom and much liberty to do what they want to do in their own life. 
And so that's what I like to encourage in this podcast. We talked a little bit about um, all the different things that we can do to overcome our challenges so that we can get out in the world and be happy in, in, in our you know, daily pursuit. But at the same time, that also means that there is a rightful role for government to play to protect our rights, to secure our rights, which is part of the preamble of the Constitution. So what what I want to talk about here is I want to look at this notion of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, how I see the world. And let's look at it within the context of the Putin-Ukraine crisis. And then we're going to take a look at it in relation to the Trudeau-Canada emergency powers crisis. And then we're going to take a, another step to look at it um, here in my hometown of Poway. And as it relates to the recall effort or the failed recall effort for our mayor, Steve Voss. So, um, OK, let's start with Ukraine for, for first. Um, now, first of all, <laughs> there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on with, with Vladimir Putin. And depending on if you're paying attention to the left or to the right, the Democrats or the Republicans, there are people that hate Putin. Some people think he's a good guy. I mean, some people have respect for Putin. And I'm like, what are you people thinking? Putin is a thug. <laughs> this guy is a thug. And what he is doing right now is just horrible. And especially if you understand really what his motivations are and what he what the the um, the messaging he is using to build a moral cause for essentially his evil acts. Now, what, what's Putin's motivation? Why does he want Ukraine? I mean, there's not a lot going on in Ukraine. Right. But, you know, Putin has, has mentioned you know previously that probably the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the dissolution of the USSR. You know, so he's all about power in, in, you know, when the when the Berlin Wall fell and the USSR crumbled into pieces, Russia lost a lot of its stature, a lot of its mojo, a lot of its cachet. And so he's trying to desperately lift up you know, Russia on the national stage. So that's the big part of it, at least the way that I see it, is he's going after Ukraine as another puzzle piece to rebuild the former USSR. And Pete Neal on the, on the live stream commenting, um, I want it understood. I gave up following the invasion on multiple platforms to watch this podcast. Well, thank you very much, Pete. And you're right. It is the pursuit of happiness. And that's what we're going to look at it through that lens, in, in the, in, through that perspective. I mean, because really, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, those are supposed to be American ideals, right? So when we see what's going on on the other side of the world, kind of makes you wonder, what's, what, what the hell are they trying to accomplish? Well, and especially if you, if you listen to the media, you know, you're kind of getting a very kind of distorted story where you're, you're seeing all the, the hysteria about the troops. Is he going to invade? When is he going to invade? Is it going to be during the Olympics? Is it going to be after the Olympics? Then, you know, he, he goes about calling some of the breakaway provinces as independent nations. And so they're all sort of jockeying on the news. They're presenting what Putin is up to. They're also looking at Biden and how he's reacting and, you know, Biden trying to desperately to have a summit and try to talk it out. But, you know, in a lot of ways, this is this is not America's business, right? I mean, Ukraine's not part of NATO, so we don't have a contractual uh, obligation to go in there and defend Ukraine. Now, granted, we're one of the big 
the big boys on, on the stage. So, you know, do we want to play a role in trying to influence this? Yeah, sure. I get it. But you just see Putin, excuse me, you see Biden sort of almost in a reactionary mode and not really laying down what I think should be fundamental principles to rationalize America's perspective on this particular issue. And I think he has a great opportunity to do that if he were to go back to the founding documents of America. So, Putin is planning for a war, all right? So what is a war? I mean, if you were to really look at any war in the history of human, the human race, um, a war is ultimately a collectivist act. A war is a nation against a nation. It's a tribe against a tribe. It's some group against some other group, okay? So um, that is... The way wars are framed, that's the way wars are justified, that's the way wars are fought. It's a very, not an individualist perspective, it's a very collectivist perspective. And that's what we're seeing from Putin. And if you see some of his rhetoric that he is, he's talking about, he's talking about Ukraine as part of Mother Russia, right? So again, the collective, the tribe. He talks a lot about the people in Ukraine as being Russian, having ancestors that are Russian, talking about how it's our blood. The people there are our blood. So again, when I start hearing stuff about blood, I think of blood and soil and all of the, you know, the, the atrocities that happened in you know, the 1930s in Germany and some of it, which we saw in Charlottesville just a few years ago. Um, and uh, Pete kneeled on the live stream saying, uh, this war is access to the Black Sea and the reacquisition of nuclear technology source. Yeah, that's part of it, too. No doubt about it. Now, granted, when he when he reclaimed Crimea, he he gained greater access to the Black Sea. But certainly getting all of Ukraine will help him there. Um, but it's it's it, the, he's in, evoking Putin is evoking a lot of. Um, uh, what's the right word? A lot of rhetoric to get his people fired up, to get a a moral cause, a moral justification for what he's trying to do. So he's saying it's there are people, there are the Russians that are in Ukraine, and there are there are people in Ukraine that have Russian sympathies. You know, I think the people in Eastern Ukraine kind of lean more towards. Russia in terms of culture and leadership, but people on the Western side of Ukraine are definitely more aligned with Europe and the rest of Europe. But he's going for, there are blood. These are people are our blood and they share our common religion. You know, they're all part of this, you know, Russian Eastern Orthodox version of Christianity. So he's building like a religious cause, a moral cause, a blood cause. He's using a lot of this rhetoric to fire up the collective, to fire up the tribe, to try to provide some form of a um, a coalition of these people to to basically say that, you know, the, the border between the two between the two states, between the two countries doesn't matter at all. And again, this is dangerous because this is, the, like I said, this is the kind of rhetoric, rhetoric we heard from Nazi Germany in the 1930s that Adolf Hitler rationalized going into Czechoslovakia and into Austria because they were Germans. These were our people, our blood, you know, the, the white Aryan race. So it's that same, that same Strategy, that same sort of evil method of of um, uh, getting people fired up about their tribe. 
and then using that as rationalization to go in and attack, to use force, to use violence. And I think this is a, a very dangerous thing. And it's this sort of collectivism, like war is always a collective. It's a nation against a nation, a tribe against a tribe, a group against another group. It's all framed in collective collectives. But it's this is in direct opposition to individualism and individual rights. And that is what life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are about. You know, our right to our life, our right to our individual liberty, and our right to pursue our own happiness, those are rights that are given to individuals. And oh, by the way, the all men are created equal part means that we all have equal rights. That, in essence, is a beautiful message that we all should be empowered to live our life and be protected from the violence and the harm caused by others around us. And that's the rightful role of government. But Putin is throwing that out the window. I mean, well, granted, he never embraced it in the first place. But Putin's whole motivation is to is to build the collective, to rebuild Russia, to reconstruct the USSR, and to bring the Russian people and the Russian blood and the Russian um, Orthodox, uh, Russian Orthodox religion and bring them all together into a bigger and more powerful tribe. I mean, it's all manipulation. It's all to stroke his own power. It's all to lift him up. And it's a very, very dangerous thing. I mean, I think Putin is a very evil character, very evil. Now, the crazy part about this in America is that Donald Trump called Putin a genius. Donald Trump and even Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, are praising Vladimir Putin. They're praising him on his tactics, on his strategy, on his rationalization, his justification to go to war. They thought by him proactively declaring some of those breakaway groups within Ukraine as independent nations was a stroke of brilliance. It was genius. And I'm thinking, what the heck? This is a former president of the United States that's essentially embracing values that go are a direct contradiction to what America is supposed to be about in the first place, about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it's crazy because Trump has made those same remarks about what America should do in Mexico. Trump has talked about America should go in and invade Mexico. And he's made comments about that multiple times. So it's, it's again, sort of this notion of group versus group. And we see this a lot, this, this view of this group identity. It's all over politics right now. It's all over the left and it's all over the right. Um, and it's destructive to our own life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, I mean, even, you know, I talk about Trump in Mexico. I mean, that's a big part of the whole, the wall is, the wall is to separate tribes, essentially. The wall is to, um, serves as a symbol of a defining line between tribes. And the wall ultimately violates the right the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of those immigrants to be able to travel to America to pursue their own happiness. And I know our, our, our MAGA friends don't like that message. I've talked about that on a previous podcast. Our MAGA friends are all about freedom, except freedom for other people that are not part of their tribe. 
And again, I think that's a very dangerous thing. And I think in so many ways, people in America have lost sight of what our inalienable rights are really about and what made America the great experiment when it was created. Truly what makes America great is this idea that we have a right to our own life and that we can make choices about our life and we can pursue our happiness and we have the freedom to do it. And at the same time, we need to protect the rights of other people to do the same thing. Um, So if Biden were to speak that kind of a, a moral cause, a justification, a way to, um, position America and Russia as being fundamentally philosophically different, it would put him on a much stronger position. Now, Reagan tried to do a little bit of that, right, when he called Russia the evil empire. Um, but and, and that helped him. I think that helped justify Reagan's cause. Now, Reagan was no saint. Um, but the idea of making this a moral issue is always a superior method of justifying your position and defining your terms when you're in a situation like this. And I wish I wish a Biden would be stronger about the principles of America and using that to articulate why America opposes what Putin is doing. And at the same time, I wish Trump and his people would understand the same darn thing And then would also see Putin in that very same light as evil, as a thug. And understand that even those Ukrainians have the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, this whole notion of individual rights goes all the way back to Aristotle. I mean, it's it's a very old idea. Um, It was rediscovered by Thomas Aquinas, and it was really kind of built up and made stronger during the Age of Enlightenment. In the, gosh, what would it be? I think the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries, I believe. Yeah, mostly in the 1700s. Um, John Locke, Adam Smith, you know, a lot of great philosophers during that time. They were able to really articulate that message. That was what the founders of America justified the founding of America on, on those principles. And granted, they weren't perfect. There was a lot of violations of those principles, and we know the long list of them. Slavery, women's rights. I mean, we get on the list. But eventually America figured it out and we're still figuring it out. But I just wish we'd figure it out sooner. So now we're going to see what's going to happen with Putin, with Ukraine. Some people think he may not really invade or really take much territory. I don't know what's going to happen. But I just wish that our leaders would better understand what America is supposed to be about. Um, here on the live stream, got a comment from Luke. And he said, what Western countries um, can do about Putin? Does sanctions work? Well, not really. Sanctions don't really work. I mean, sanctions mean that you're going to block the export of goods into their nation. So who do, exp- who do the sanctions harm? They don't really harm Putin. They harm his people. Putin has been planning for this for a while. He's amassed all of his resources He got all of his ducks in a row before he began this because he knew that we would come to sanctions. And then sanctions also hurt the Americans because now American manufacturers can't export goods. They lose customers when we have sanctions. To me, that's just a very weak response. 
Um, now, who should be responding to this? In my opinion, it should be the European nations because they're the ones that are on the doorstep of this. You know, is is NATO going to take a position? You know, maybe, but hopefully it's NATO led by European leaders, not led by Biden. Um, we'll see what happens. So anyways, um, that's the bit about Putin. I think it's important to understand. He's a collectivist. He's tribal. He's about blood. He's using the same rationalization that Hitler used in the 30s. And Trump calls him a genius. It's just insane. Just crazy. I mean, what the world's coming to, it's something. Okay, well, let's move on. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Trudeau in Canada. And then I want to talk a little bit about my hometown of Poway, California, and the failed recall of our mayor. So, but before I do, um, I just want to encourage you all, if you're supportive of this podcast, if you enjoy what we're doing here, here's one thing you can do for me. It'd be really helpful. Um, Because I know a lot of you watch on YouTube and watch on Facebook, but there's a lot of people that listen to the recorded version in an audio only podcast. And Apple Podcasts is by far the most dominant podcasting platform. Um, you know, there's other ones like Stitcher and iHeartRadio, et cetera. But uh, Apple Podcasts is the main one. I'm looking to get more reviews. Now, granted, I, I put out the, the call for that a couple of days ago. And yeah, we got another five-star review. And I'm really happy about that. Um, but I need some more people to write like a, a sentence, a paragraph. Um, tell us what you think about this podcast. And a five-star review if you think we deserve it. If you don't think we deserve it, then be honest and tell us what you think. Um, But I'm just trying to get more response on our reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave a five-star review, I will read it on the air. And I'll read one of the uh, uh, previous five-star reviews on the air right now. And this was from San Diego Scene, which is a local media company. And he said, excellent local content with an insightful, inspiring global view, Great job, John. Keep going. This is so helpful and interesting for all listeners. So, hey, right on. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Um, So if you're interested, you know, go on to Apple Podcasts or some. Is it still iTunes now? I'm not sure. But if you can leave a a rating and review, that'd be so helpful. If you leave a five-star rating and review, I'll say your name and read it on the air. Okay. Now let's talk about Canada. Um, Now, if you... Enjoy listening to the John Riley Project. You probably heard our previous episode. Where we talked about the Canadian truckers, right? So um, I was, I have mixed feelings about the Canadian truckers, and I made that clear. I think for a lot of people, it seems like in America, you love the Canadian truckers or you hate the Canadian truckers, right? And they lose nuance. They lose – there's a, there's a nuanced way to see this that's consistent, with our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I, th- I think I made that case in the previous podcast. The truckers were upset about the mandate for the vaccine so in order for them to come back, you know, to travel across the bridge from Windsor into Detroit. Did I have that right? I think those are the two cities. Um, they were protesting the mandate for the vaccine, not the vaccine itself, the mandate for the vaccine. And I'm Right on. I'm with the truckers on that because I think you should you own your life and you should have the liberty to make decisions about your own life and about your own body. But what the truckers did and where they went wrong is that they clogged the streets with their protest. 
And they made a big stink about it. And they blocked people. They blocked access to roads. They blocked access to the bridge. They blocked people's ability, their freedom to pursue their happiness. And I think that's where they crossed the line. I think their moral cause was righteous, but their tactics were completely immoral. A complete violation of really what America should be about. And a lot of these truckers, you know, some of them are, a lot of them are Canadian, but a lot of them have connections to America. And they, on the side of their trucks, they called it the Freedom Convoy. And they're standing up for freedom, but at the same time, blocking the freedom of other people. So I just had that fundamental difference. And I think it's important to see it that way. The truckers had a moral cause because the mandate was immoral. The mandate was wrong. And it was wrong for them to clog the streets. Now, Trudeau has has uh, issued an emergency powers and that has enabled the police to go in and, and clear the unclog the streets. And frankly, you don't really need emergency powers to do that. If some, you know, a bunch of hoodlums are, are blocking the street, I mean, the police, that's a rightful role of a police is to remove them. I mean, they should have been doing this long ago. Um, but it seems, at least my understanding is, is that the protesters are mostly gone. Okay, that's great. <laughs> and by the way, I hear there's another trucker rally. They're starting in L.A. and they're going to work their way to D.C. Well, it would be interesting to see if those truckers have a different strategy once they get to D.C., and, and if they're going to really understand life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for other people, we'll find out. But East, at least in, in Canada, they've cleared the streets, which is a great thing. But now Trudeau and his people have gone way too far. Now the police are attacking people in the streets, innocent people. Um, and this, in my opinion, is just more of a violation of, of these individual rights. We're now seeing people that, I guess, contributed money to the trucker protest. They're having their assets seized. Now, say what you will about the truckers. And, and even you may not even like the people that were donating money to the truckers. Maybe you see that as an immoral act. But these people are having their resources seized before trial, with no warrants, with no due process. Now, in America, <laughs> this kind of stuff happens in America too, which is wrong. I mean, that's part of this whole notion of liberty is that you are innocent until proven guilty and that you shouldn't have your freedoms locked down without a proper trial with a jury of your peers, evidence, proof that you violated the law in some form. So these emergency powers are going way too far. And they're, he's seizing money and, in my opinion, violating people's own pursuit of their own happiness. Now, the other crazy part of this is, is that, again, if you, if you talk to the Democrats, they don't really – seem to care much about Trudeau, you know, our leftist friends, but they all hate Putin. Okay. And I got you there. I'm, I'm, Putin is evil. Putin's a thug. And it's insane that he's being called a genius by Trump. But the right wingers are praising Trudeau, or excuse me, are, are not praising Trudeau. They're condemning Trudeau as an authoritarian, as a dictator. 
And yet they're praising a Putin. I'm like, what in the hell? What's going on here? Now, Trudeau is bad. What Trudeau is doing right now is wrong. It's, it's morally wrong. But it's nowhere near the same as what's going on with Putin. I mean, so let's, let's have a sense of scale, a sense of proportion. I mean, Putin is not killing his opposition. Um, Putin is not amassing troops to invade another nation. Um, excuse me, Trudeau, pardon me. Trudeau is not amassing troops to invade another nation. So it's crazy to me that we can't just see them for what they are. They're both violating our rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And Trudeau's bad. Putin is way worse. Um, here's a comment here from Pete Neald. Truckers, first, I have great respect for all truckers. <laughs> for what they do and how they do their job. But you are correct, John. Their recent activity was dead wrong. And yeah, you know, it's hard to hate truckers, right? I told you the stories about my upbringing and my stepfather was a owner operator, truck driver. So I definitely have sympathy for that, that profession, that sort of uh, idea of being out on your own, right? Which, which by the way, it's, a vaccine mandate for a truck driver is just kind of silly, isn't it? I mean, they're in their cab, in their truck, driving across Canada, driving in, you know, the empty state, uh, the empty spaces in the United States. I mean, that's the last person that needs a vaccine. Um, and especially in a nation where, at least here in America, we claim to be all about liberty. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Pete. The truckers... Um, Respect for what they do. I mean, they're critical. They're very important. They're delivering the goods that we need to sustain our life and to add comfort uh, to our life. Um, they're critical, but it is a shame how, that short, how that's sorting out. So let's see how long Trudeau stays um, with this emergency action. Hopefully not for a long time. Hopefully he cuts this short and begins to restore a normalcy in Canada. Because you know, usually we think of Canada as kind of soft, right? You know, not real hardcore about much. They're just kind of nice, sort of pleasant people. Um, and uh, I'd like to, I, I hope that they can find their way back to that um, rather than, in my opinion, being too much of an authoritarian. Because there's too much authoritarianism that we're seeing around the world already. We're seeing it in China. We're seeing it in Russia and Ukraine, where frankly, we saw a lot of it in America and we still see it in America. So let's not have it in Canada. Okay. Um, I want to get to the Voss recall. This will be a kind of a fun one for those of you that are here living in Poway or in San Diego County. We're going to talk a little bit about the Voss recall and how that all shaked out and everything. Um, but before we do, I just want to say that if you want to continue to support the podcast. I'd love your support. Um, one of the things you can do is, uh, I told you, leave a rating and review on um, on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're not on Apple Podcasts, I think some of the other podcast platforms allow that. Um, another thing you can do is, is like the episode. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Facebook, just click on the like button. That's helpful. Um, kind of helps boost the, our, our standing in the algorithms. So we get kind of propagate more in the social media space. Um, if you want to leave, if you want to subscribe, that'd be great. I think I was telling you my YouTube channel has, I've doubled my subscriber count in the last week. 
It's insane. And a lot of it's because of Eileen Gu and, and uh, the podcast we did for her, talking about her pursuit of happiness. And we're still getting a lot of, of, of new subscribers, getting a lot of commentary on the Eileen Gu video. So that's been incredible which kind of is great because I think it's reinforcing that I think this message of evangelizing our pursuit of happiness is something that is meaningful. And it's something that, in my opinion, is a message we need to hear more of. Maybe you think the same. So if you think you can want to support this, you know, like the podcast, share the podcast, tell a friend, subscribe. That's always helpful. Or you can go to my website, johnreillyproject.com. There you can sign up on our mailing list. You can donate. You can support the podcast financially there. Just click on the donate button in the main menu and you can leave a one-time donation. You can leave a monthly donation. It's up to you. And I'd be so thankful for your support. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about my hometown of Poway, California, the city in the country, which this is going to be part of the contention, this notion of the city in the country. You know, Poway is in, uh, I kind of right in the middle of San Diego County where I like to tell my friends, they always say, where's Poway? And I'll say, well, you know, do you know where Del Mar is? And a lot of out of towners might know where Del Mar is. And I'll say, yeah, it's like about... 10 to 12 miles east as the crow flies. So we're inland, North County, and our own little city here and 92064. It's got this history um, as being kind of a, a cowboy town. It was, you know, an agricultural town, you know, over 100 years ago. Um, has definitely a, a horse town, has been a big part of its um, culture, its history. There's still a rodeo here in Poway. Um, this whole kind of idea of a Western town is a big part of our history. And when the city was incorporated in 1980, um, that was a big part of why they called it the city in the country, right? And, you know, we our city has been evolving in a lot of different ways. And, and uh, you know, we're growing up. And a lot of that growing up is causing a lot of feathers to ruffle. And I think a lot of that is what's happening um, as it related to the Steve Voss recall. And, you know, Steve Voss is our mayor and, you know, we're in this Wild West, or at least we like to think of it as a Wild West town, although it's at, frankly kind of posh here in certain neighborhoods. It's very posh. In other neighborhoods, it's very, you know, middle class America. Um, but, you know, our mayor, Steve Voss, always wears a cowboy hat. Um, so he is something of a character in our town. Um, a lot of people love him for it. A lot of people don't like him for it. <laughs> you know, so he's he is a bit of a divisive character. But generally speaking, he's got a lot of institutional support in our city. Um, there's a lot of people that really like him. And that, frankly, that's why he's mayor. That's why he's been reelected mayor. But, you know, any political figure is going to have their detractors. And that's definitely true here in Poway. Um, here's a comment from Pete Neal on the live stream. And he says, at one point, Poway had more miles of equestrian trails than any other city in the United States. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool, actually. And I know we've got so many trails, whether they're for equestrian or for hikers, um, Poway is a, is a great town, a great place to raise your family. And I've lived here since 1996, really like this city. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's got, it's got, a, it's got an amazing history, but things are changing in Poway. Poway's growing up in a lot of ways. And that was a big part of this. So, um, the, so anyways, a, um, a group of, of, of local citizens filed a recall petition of Mayor Steve Voss 
it was probably, I think, in November of last year, if I recall, right around then. And if this was led by Christopher Olps. Um, Chris Olps has been a podcast guest here on the John Riley Project twice. Um, he's been a guest on, on the show. Um, Chris, had, in both cases, was a candidate for city council. Uh, he's very active in our community, goes to all the city council meetings, um, Very does a lot of his own due diligence. Um, and in some ways, Chris is part of what I'll call the loyal opposition. You know, there's there's a group of very vocal people here in Poway that are not happy with our city council and haven't been happy with our city council for a very long time, for a long list of reasons. Um, and we're we're going to get into that. <laughs> um, and they've been unsuccessful in trying to win election on the city council. And so when the recall notion came forward, um, you know, Chris Olps is really trying to build support for the recall. And then Steve Voss then attacked Chris Olps. Oh, he's a five time failed candidate for city council because he's run, I think, three times. And I think he's gone for appointment twice um, and hasn't been successful. Now, Chris Olps, I like Chris Olps. Chris Olps is a good guy. I mean, he's a family guy, has a long history here in Poway. He's got a good heart. Now, Chris Olps and I don't always agree on everything. There are certain things we agree on. Certain things we disagree on. Um, but when he did this recall, at first I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting because um, Voss is going to be a tough guy to knock off. I mean, here in our town of Poway, I mean, the city and the country and the mayor wears a damn cowboy hat. So he's got a lot of support here. And Voss has been very good at sort of building coalitions. Well, I mean, like him or not, Voss has a lot of support and power in Poway. And so it would take a lot to recall Voss, especially after all the unrest that went on and the grumbling that went on with the recall effort of the governor, Gavin Newsom. You know, a lot of people were angry that there was a recall. So, and then you looked at the timing of this and it was kind of tricky too, because, you know, Steve Voss's term is going to come up for reelection in November of 2022. And if, if the signature gathering effort had worked, and it didn't work, and we'll talk about that. If it had worked, then I think they were hopeful that there would have been a recall election in June, just five months before the regular election. So there was a lot of people that were questioning the timing of this. You know, why do we have to go through all this hoopla when we're going to be able to vote them out in a few months later or reaffirm to vote them in? Um, but, you know, the, the supporters of the, of the recall were adamant. They believed in their cause and they went forward with it. Um, and they were out there hustling and, and building, uh, getting, uh, getting petitions. But in the end, they didn't get enough signatures. So I think they needed, roughly speaking, 6,600 signatures to get the petition on the ballot for the recall. And they came up short. And um, the story is, is that they had 5,100. So they came about 1,500 short. Um, some people are questioning the reality of that number. I don't know. I'll, I'll take Chris Olps at his word that it was 5,100. I don't know. Um, and he has he didn't turn in the, the petitions or the signatures because he wanted to protect them from any, you know, retribution or <laughs> protect them from any kind of uh, blowback from city council. Like, OK, well, some people said he's built a pretty good mailing list for his next effort to run for office, which that's probably true, too. Well, at any rate, the signatures weren't delivered. Now, I remember inquiring numerous times through the signature gathering effort, like, how you doing? <laughs> how many signatures have you got? You know, not necessarily to, 
to belittle a, a, a small number of signatures, but I was always very curious to where they were because if they were getting close to that 6,600 number, then I think they would have had an opportunity to really kind of generate some public PR and say, hey, we're only a thousand signatures short and we only got two days left. We need your help. I mean, I think there was a real opportunity to do that. Um, now, the, the, um, you know, I, I had invited Chris Holmes multiple times to come on the podcast to talk about the recall. And both times he just didn't really seem to have interest in doing it. Uh, kind of deflected. He was hoping someone else on his team could maybe be a spokesperson. And I couldn't find someone to speak about it. Um, I was just interested in hearing their case. You know, not necessarily to debate them or to argue with them. I just wanted to hear it out. Now, I've seen it written. I've, I've heard stories. Chris shared some of those stories with me when we did the podcast episodes together. And then um, I've heard a lot from other people here in Poway amongst the loyal opposition, people like Chris Cruz and, you know, Tory Powers have told stories about, you know, how they really think Steve Voss needs to be recalled. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through this list in just a second. But I will say this is that by trying to recall Voss and failing to get signatures, well, not only does that harm the cause of the people that wanted to um, recall him, but now Voss is empowered. I mean, you see Voss on, on television and on social media. He's like like a peacock, you know, he's sort of prouncing around. He, he has been empowered. And if he is running for reelection in November, which I assume he will, well, he's going to be going in there with, you know, a tremendous amount of confidence. Um, so now I, again, I, all along, I kind of have my doubts because I, I, again, I, I love recalls. I think recalls are great things because, and I love, I love impeachments too. I love anything that can keep politicians on their toes that will make them feel like that at any moment they could be stripped from power. I like that idea that, um, the people could, could knock them out and it doesn't have to necessarily be during the election cycle. It could be at any time. I mean, that that kind of keeps politicians like a little bit more honest. And I like that now. But I still had doubts if this was going to work, because in Poway, I mean, there, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of Republicans in Poway and Voss is Republican. Now, by the way, I think Poway is now roughly one third Republican, one third Democrat and one third independent or third party. Used to be a lot more Republican. I think since the Trump years, some of those people abandoned ship. But uh, and I think Poway, if I recall, Pete Neal told me that um, Poway voted more for Biden than for Trump, which is interesting. Um, but I still always thought that this recall effort, I get where they're coming from, but I always thought it was going to be a really tough mountain to climb here in Poway because Voss was just so darn popular. Um, so I had my doubts, but I still wanted to hear them out <laughs> in a podcast episode. And I was really kind of bummed that we never had that opportunity. Uh, Pete Neal on the live stream says, my question, did they pull up short intentionally to save us from the expense of the special election? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think they did, Pete. I mean, I think if it I think putting so much effort into this recall and then for some reason undermining your own efforts. I mean, I can't imagine that the recall uh, proponents would have pers purposefully uh, come up short. Um I don't see that happening. Now, I do know that there is a lot of people that obviously signed the recall. There's a lot of other people that don't like Voss, but didn't sign the recall petition. 
because they didn't like the timing of it. You know, it's just a few months away from the real election. It's going to cost more money, yada, yada. And they figured, well, we'll have our shot in November. So if they got 5,100 recall signatures, now assume every every one of those is a valid signature, they'll have at least 5,100 votes against Voss when we get into November. Um, But you're going to he's going to I think the winner of the mayoral race is going to need at least 10,000 votes, at least. So um, they're going to need a lot more than that. Uh, Pete Neal also commenting here on the live stream says they did uh, get a list of those who are not who are not happy, valuable information for an upcoming election. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think that list of petitions is is uh, a great mailing list um, if it can be transformed into that. I don't know how many emails they got. Um, hopefully they did. I mean, that's after all, you know, Voss has built a huge email list here in Poway and that's how he communicates with people. But that's a list that he got from Marilee Boyack. Marilee Boyack, you know, former city council person. Um, she's now living in Utah. I'm a big fan of Marilee Boyack's son, Connor Boyack, and the work he's doing for Libertas Institute. He, I mean, he's the author of the Tuttle Twins. I mean, this kid is incredible. He's a Poway guy, Poway High guy, and he's now living in Utah. But his mom, yeah, Marilee Boyack was on city council in Poway, built this great mailing list, and, um, and then uh, handed it off to Voss. And Voss has been able to take that and build on it. Um, I think other political forces in our town would be wise to try to build their own lists. And hopefully that's what they're going to use this for. So we'll see. Um, All right. So I want to I just kind of want to go through some of these grievances. And this is kind of what I wanted to do when I invited Chris Olps on this podcast. I invited him to go through all the grievances. I'm going to kind of go through them. And, you know, I don't know to the same level of detail, obviously, as Chris Olps does or or Chris Cruz or some of the others. I may get some things wrong, but I'll just share some of the highlights and I'll offer some of my thoughts and opinions on them and ask ourselves, does this meet the standard for a recall? And again, I know that's totally subjective. There is no objective means of whole, of saying this is recall worthy and this isn't. Now, in my opinion, you've got to meet a fairly high threshold to uh, be, you know, sort of um, ethically qualified for a recall. So what were they? Now, I think the main theme of this, which we're going to get to, is the fact there's been so much change in the city in such a short time. And a lot of people don't like the change. And the other kind of major theme is that um, the, there's a lot of people, at least on the recall side, that just don't like the people in power in Poway, um, don't like the city council, don't like their decision making. And so you've got, you got a conflict of how it's ultimately how people see Poway and what they see for Poway's future. But at, at the same time, there is a, a lot of friction between personality types. And I think that was the, the, the more broad overview of what led this recall effort. But then, of course, we'll get into specifics. And the specifics were the bullet points on why the, the, the recall proponents felt that the recall was, um, was justified. So the first one, the big one, um, is, is Steve Voss has this, uh, this fundraiser every year. It's called Carols by Candlelight. And apparently he's been doing it for like 25 years. I mean, way before he was ever a political figure in our town. 
And uh, this is a, a fundraiser for Children's Hospital, and he generates money for that. And he, you know, he invites all of these um, musicians, and some of them are name acts, like from Nashville. So he's, you know, he, Steve Voss is a country musician, by the way. Um, he has his own kind of alter ego persona, Buck, Buck Howdy. And he's written a lot of songs, like country songs, Americana songs for kids. But he's also, as an independent artist, he's written a lot of his other his own solo music. In fact, he had some music that was popular amongst the Tea Party crowd, you know, and the anti and sort of like the Rush Limbaugh crowd back in the 90s. I think there was one song he had was like, come and take it, you know, it was about gun rights. Um, so he's, you know, Voss is a right wing character. And that's another reason why some people don't like him but also a reason why some people do like him in Poway. Uh, so he's got a long history with music and he's actually won a Grammy as well, but not for music. It was actually for a children's spoken word. And his daughter, by the way, is a really, I mean, very talented young lady. And her name's Anna Voss. And she is a musician in Nashville and releasing music. And really, I think she's developing, you know, a, a certain level of fame uh, and good for her. So anyways, um, Voss has his Carols by Candlelight event and he invites all these musicians and he really you know goes out and gets people to buy tickets and gets sponsors and everything else. Well, the 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 part of this that you know on the surface that sounds wonderful, right? You know, here's a guy and he's raising money for the kids for Children's Hospital, you know, for the kids that have terminal diseases and it's about Christmas music and it's about America and country music. I mean, it just sounds nice, especially for a guy in Poway that likes to wear a cowboy hat. Um, well, if you kind of go one step below the surface, you know, there, there's a lot of fundraising that's going on here. And in order to be a nonprofit, they've got to qualify and they've got to be able to meet certain rules. And it gets even more complicated when you're already a politician because, you know, are they are these people paying, you know, to support the cause or are they paying to support the politician? And so it's a lot of those sort of, you know, blurred lines <laughs> to to uh, use a kind of a reference to an old song. Um, there's like some blurred lines there that some people are questioning the ethicalness of this, the legality of this. Um, and and, you know, and it got kind of kind of crazy. I mean, there was I guess there was a nonprofit entity that was created and then somehow that got shifted in, in its name. And now the guy that's running the nonprofit is TJ Zane, who is on the Poway Unified School Board, who is another kind of Republican figure, the former executive chairman of the San Diego Republican Party. And he's kind of helping, you know, kind of try to set up this legal structure. And then there's some question about, well, does all the money go to charity? You know, is Voss putting money in his pocket? And he's never really saying if he is or not, isn't. Now, he's raising money for charity. If he puts some of the money in his pocket, I mean, that's kind of how he makes money. He's a performer. So I don't really have so much trouble with that. But I think you got to be really careful on how you do this as it applies to election law, as it applies to the financial paperwork. There's very strict rules on income and where it comes from and how it's coming. And, and you've got to be compliant with that. And so the proponents of this were challenging the legality and really the ethical basis of this Carol by Candlelight. And, um, and, you know, on one level, it's a paperwork thing, but on another level, it's a legal thing. Well, apparently, 
you know, they've shown evidence, the proponents of the recall, but it just never seems to get traction. And it makes me wonder, you know, because this thing's been going on for like 25 years. And Voss has been a political figure in Poway for at least eight years, right? Um, maybe 10 years. So he's had to file paperwork on this. And I know this kind of thing is is seriously examined. And I'm sure his challengers have challenged him on this. The fact that it's gone this long and it's never been a problem makes you wonder, really, is there smoke but no fire? You know, so that was one of the main things. And I was hoping that I, we'd be able to see evidence. I was hoping Chris Holtz would come here and show us and make the case um, because I'm still kind of questioning, you know, it does. I mean, it looks suspicious. I got you there. You know, it's a, and some of the the companies that are sponsoring that, you know, are putting their name on as a gold level sponsor or a silver sponsor, whatever, they're paying, putting big money in. And oh, by the way, those businesses happen to have business relationships with the city of Poway. So then, you know, it gets a little bit fuzzy here. Um, so I totally understand why people are questioning this, especially if you're one of those kind of um, due diligence people that are kind of always digging through the records and just trying to catch politicians on something. This looks ripe for the taking, but it is weird that it's never really been a problem so far. Okay, what else? One of the other big objections of the um, proponents for the recall was the fact that the water rates were going up, right? And we had a big water rate increase. There was a um, a Prop 218, um, Proposition 218 gives people the ability to challenge a, a water rate increase. They tried to get signatures for that. They came way short for that. Uh, so there's people that are upset our water rates are going up. Now, the reason our water rates are going up Mostly is because water is getting more expensive um, and, you know, because they're all because they're building infrastructure, you know, the, the desal plant, they're building the water recycling, that pure water initiative um, and water is just generally more expensive. And so that's part of it. You know, the, the wholesale costs of the city have gone up. But then there's a lot of people questioning the rate structure and how fair is it and. You know, how much of a progressive ta uh, rate structure is it? How much of a flat fee? You know, what about poor people and living on a fixed income? Is the water rate too? So there's a lot of that kind of conversation going on. Um, but I look at that and I say, you know, it does suck. You know, and I, actually we're building new infrastructure in Poway for water. You know, after that whole water crisis, that whole fiasco, when there was that rope caught in the the um, the drain, <laughs> you know, the rope that got caught and allowed you know, storm water, dirty water to mix with our tap water. I mean, that was ridiculous. That was horrible. It was a total failure by the city. Well, now because of that, they've got to in, in make in a huge investment in, into our own water infrastructure, which, you know, is a good thing. You know, especially you hear about, especially amongst our, our friends on the left, our progressive friends are always talking about how we need more investment in infrastructure in America. Um, and generally speaking, the opponents of Voss, typically line up as Democrats. So you would think that they would be somewhat understanding of, of the need to get more, uh, more infrastructure. So anyways, the water rates have gone up. That's been one of their big complaints. The other one, and this is one I've talked about numerous times on this podcast, people are really pissed off about the, the four-story buildings on Poway Road. And we've already seen it with the, with, uh, the Poway Commons, right? You got that uh, once I think it's like an affordable senior building that was built right across the street from Taco Bell. 
Terrascan and Poway. And then across the street there, um, there's a whole bunch of townhomes that are going in that look like they're three-story or are they four? I think they're three. And then once they go, they've now they've since then, they've cleared the uh, Poway Bowling Alley and the thrift stores, and they're going to put in a four-story apartment complex there. But it's kind of below Poway Road. So to a car driving by, it'll sort of feel like a three-story building. Now, if you live on the backside of that building, it's it's a four-story building, not three. Um, so it's going to be a huge change. And so I, I've talked at length about this. There are a lot of people in Poway that are furious about all this development. Um, they're furious that this is destroying our city's character, destroying the idea of a city in the country. After all, they're building all these you know, apartment complexes. And what the hell's going on? My, this isn't my father's Poway. This isn't the horse town <laughs> that used to one, the one stoplight town that we used to have back in the 60s or 70s or however those stories go. Now, I get it. You know, people are pissed. They're pissed about the driving on Poway Road to traffic. Apparently, there's going to be more stoplights as a result of this. People are angry. That's a, in my opinion, this is a huge part of the reason why they want to recall Voss. But, you know, they had this Poway Road specific plan. It was open to the public to get input. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people showed up. Um, and then, you know, we talked a lot about it in the 2018 election cycle when I met with a lot of the political candidates. And we knew back then there was going to be no setbacks, which means they could build the building right up to the edge of the sidewalk not set back with a parking lot in front. We knew that was the case in 2018 before they began any construction, but very few people knew that. And so then once the sticks started going and, and the buildings went vertical, people were like, WTF, you know, what, what's going on here? And so there's a lot of people that are really pissed off. I think this is the main, one of the, the main reasons, probably if you look at the 5,100 signatures, I'll bet you at least 80% of them are because of this. They're upset about the development on Poway Road. And then to a lesser degree, there are people that are upset about the development at the old Stone Ridge Country Club. Now, I personally, and this is just my opinion, I like it. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Okay, why? Okay, well, number one is I think these people that own the property, they have property rights they have the right to build on their property, especially if they are conforming with what the zoning laws are in the city. So remember I said this podcast, I, I titled it Putin, Trudeau, Voss and Pursuit of Happiness. I think those property owners have a right to pursue their own happiness just as much as you or I do. They have a right to build on their property. They have the, the liberty. They should have the liberty to build on their property. I support them on that cause. That doesn't mean I like what they're building. Although I kind of do, but I'll get to that. But the fact that you have the right to do it, you, know, you should be able to build what you want. Now, granted, no one's building a nuclear power plant. I mean, this is housing. And that's the second part of this. I like it because it's housing. We need more housing, people. <laughs> I mean, housing prices are insane. Rent prices are insane because there's not enough inventory. This is, you know. San Diego is the most, one of the most beautiful places in America to live. I, my, my last podcast, I told you about my bike ride from Pacific Beach all the way up, you know, up to La Jolla Cove. Man, it, on Saturday, last weekend, it was amazing. 
this is an amazing place to live. And especially here in Poway, this is a very desirable place to be. You know, it's got a good school district, a lot of really nice houses. Depending on your point of view, a reasonably well-run city. Um, There's a lot of people that don't necessarily just want to live in San Diego. They want to live in Poway. You talk to a realtor, there's like very few homes that are even available. Very few homes that are are listed on the market. I mean, God forbid you're a new realtor with very little track record. You're going to have a hell of a time getting listings because all the popular realtors get all of them. It's really hard. And that's why prices for homes are so damn expensive. And for me as a property owner, I I guess I kind of like that, but I'm a free market guy. I like the the ability of people to buy and sell and build on their, on their property. I support property rights and I support the need. We need more housing. Now, is that going to create more, more people on the road? Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as much as you think. I mean, go to any neighborhood and look around. I mean, how many cars are on the road in that neighborhood at any given time? Like you go to Candy Cane Courts where Pete Neal lives and on on the Christmas season, that is jam packed. (laughs) But if it's not the Christmas season, I don't know how many homes are back there. How many, Pete? Like maybe 50 homes, 60 homes. It's not like there are 50 or 60 cars all at once driving around. There's very few. Certain times of the day might be a little more than others. So the people are moving into these houses. Yeah, there's going to be more people. There's going to be, gosh, like a thousand housing units, each with, so there's going to be like three or 4,000 more people living on Poway Road. I mean, that's a lot. But I don't think it's going to be three or 4,000 more cars. Now, granted, Poway Road is, sucks for traffic. I used to live on the end of Garden Road. It's a long drive. And it's gotten worse. Um, hopefully, they're going to improve the streetlights so that there's better flow. Um, but I'm just, and I'm also generally supportive of it because Poway Road was just so damn worn out. A lot of those old buildings just, you know, it, it, was, it was just, Poway hadn't evolved. Poway was still stuck in its past now, for some people, that's why they like Poway. They like the fact that it was the city and the country. And we had a bowling alley, you know, since the 60s. And they grew up here and their parents grew up here. There's a lot of people like that in our town. But for me, I, I've lived here since 96 and I appreciate it. But really, you know, the whole idea of a city of a country, that went out the window in the 80s. That's when they built tremendous amounts of homes. I mean, really, in the 50s is when a lot of the homes were built in Garden Road and along Pomerado Road. So the whole idea of a city in the country, in my opinion, is mostly a feel-good shout out to our past. It's not really reflective of the reality of Poway today. Yeah, sure, there are some people that have horses. Yeah, we got a rodeo. We got equestrian trails. But really, it's a suburban community. You know, we got way more soccer moms than we have horseback uh, riders. So... Uh, Pete here on the live stream saying, yeah, 10 homes per cul-de-sac. So there's three cul-de-sacs. So it's like 30, I mean, plus the road joining them all. Maybe there's 40 homes back there, Pete. So yeah, I mean, you, you go to that neighborhood, I mean, park yourself out at the at the stop sign where they all come and go. There are 40 homes. It's not like there's going to be 40 cars, constant flow of traffic going around. So there's going to be more people on the road on Poway Road. Totally get it. And there's going to be more. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. So... A um, couple more comments here. Matt Brannigan on the live stream saying, Poway Road was very scruffy. Looked like a town that had seen better days rather than an affluent suburb. 
I think it puts some people off. The improvements will make even Poway more desirable. Well, yeah, yeah, it was scruffy is a good word. Um, it was worn out. Parts of it were worn out. And again, some people like that. Um, other people don't. So we have a difference of opinion here. Um, a friend of mine, one of my crazy friends here uh, up in up in Poway, he tells people he doesn't live in Poway. And he's got a really nice house in North Poway. He doesn't say he lives in Poway. He says he lives in Rancho Bernardo. And I'm like, why in the hell do you do that? And he said, well, when people think of Poway, they think of Poway Road and Poway Road sucks. I'm like, really? Okay, well, first of all, Poway Road isn't that bad. Um, There's a lot of great parts of Poway Road, but you don't live anywhere near Poway Road. And frankly, Poway has a pretty good reputation. So I I think he was just kind of being silly about it. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, Poway Road needed to be upgraded, in my opinion. So I've so anyways, I think this is the driving reason why they had the recall effort was people were really upset about all of this change in Poway. Now, in my opinion, change is good. We need to embrace change and we need to evolve. And, you know, we got to move into the 21st century, friends. Um, but there were there's there was definitely a lot of friction around that. Um Okay, so what else? A couple more things here. Um, there was objection to uh, Poway having a lot more vandalism and destruction of property. This is a legit problem. Um, we've seen buildings, like I think down at the Creekside Shopping Center, people breaking in to buildings there. I know the Poway bike shop back there, they broke in, stole bikes, stole other valuables. I don't know if they got cash, a lot of damage. There's been graffiti and there's a whole bunch of auto theft stuff going on in Poway right now. People um, uh, stealing catalytic converters right out from under people's cars in the middle of the night. There are cases of people's cars being broken into. There are cases even of people's homes being broken into. And that's been an issue, not just in Poway, but in Rancho Bernardo and in 4S Ranch where there's like a, there's a group of thieves that kind of have figured out a system. They, they know where to target the homes in the second story where they know that the, the, um, the security system isn't on and they go in, they go into the master bedroom, they take the cash, they take the jewelry, they're in and out in five minutes. That's a, like a, a hit ring that's going on. That's, that's real. But you know what? I'm not, that, there's no excuse. That's something that has to be addressed. And, and and especially if you claim, as Mayor Voss does, that Poway is one of the safest cities in America or the safest city in San Diego County. And it's something he's often touted. And if we want to have a, a, a place to raise family, you know, a, a quality place to live, we need to address this crime problem. But at the same time, I also know that there's crime going up everywhere. It's not unique to Poway. Now, that's not an excuse it's just the reality. So there's a, big, a much bigger thing that needs to be fixed than just the Poway Sheriff ramping up security here in, in the city. But the mayor, he's like the quarterback of a football team. He's going to get the blame and he's going to get the credit. You know, that's kind of part of the game. So people are angry about all of the, um, the vandalism, the theft, the destruction of property. Um, there's people that are one of the ups, one of the um, challenges to the recall was there were a lot of people that thought that they they looked through the records and they noticed that Mayor Voss's signature had changed on at least one occasion and they were questioning whether the paperwork was filed legally because the signature was different. I'm like, okay, that's 
really? I mean, that, that, uh, and it's not right, but that, that's not worthy of a recall. That maybe that's like, you know, the, the 12th point on their list, but it was interesting that it was listed. Um, there are people that are upset about redistricting. And just to touch on this quickly. So going back, God, what was it? 20, the 2016 election, I think, was the last year when we had citywide elections where we had four city council person and a mayor, and they were all elected by the whole city. And they had a sort of a staggering thing where three were in one election cycle and two the next election cycle, So, um, which made sense. But then they began in, um, requiring – well, there were lawsuits against cities and against school districts. So they all got scared and they all implemented districting, uh, in many cases, um, against their will. And – Excuse me. The uh, the redistricting was was intended um, to address representation for certain minority groups, but in Poway it didn't really sort out that way. But at any rate, there are people that were upset about the redistricting map because the one that was picked was the one that the mayor supported. Some people say the mayor drew the lines. I don't know if that's true. I know they hired a demographer to come out and try to get the population similar, the the you know the demographic profile reasonably similar. Um, but there are people that were upset with that map, and that map does have flaws. Like the Garden Road community is cut in half. Um, there are there is no district that spans all of Poway Road. Every district touches Poway Road, which some people think is a good thing, but it kind of um, splits up the whole South Poway contingency into into separate factions. And I know that upsets some people. So there are some legitimate critiques of that districting map. And then they had to reapprove it, you know, after the 2020 census. And they just essentially said, it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they reapproved it. Now, Poway Unified kind of did something similar with their school district map. Horribly, I mean, way worse I mean, the Poway Unified one was ridiculously gerrymandered. Um, this one was gerrymandered to a degree because it was it was drawn to protect the seats of certain city council members because you never saw two city council members going against each other in the next election. It was gerrymandered. How badly we can argue that about that. But that was one of the critiques of Voss. Then the other one is, is that he always seems to appoint um, sort of his cronies to some of the uh, committees, the Budget Review Committee, et cetera. Now, full disclosure, I've been on those committees. I was on the Budget Review Committee probably 15 years ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. And then I was on the Parks and Rec Committee about eight years ago. Um, and some people were upset about who was being appointed, and then some people were appointed a second time. and and But, you know... That's just the nature of appointments to committees. They're usually their supporters, their friends that are the ones that get appointed. So um, people were upset about that. But I think in the end, the real, the real objection that the, the recall proponents had, if you really get down to it, is that people are just upset with all the change in Poway. They're really upset with the construction on Poway Road. To a lesser degree, they're upset about the construction at the farm in Poway. 
And then there are other smaller issues. There's still big issues in some people's eyes, but there are other issues that other people get fired up about. Like the water rate thing was a big deal for a very small vocal minority in the town. Um, so what's the, what's the linkage to this? Like I, I said, this, it's Putin, Trudeau, Voss, and pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness piece that I think I made the case earlier is that property owners in Poway also should have the right to pursue their happiness. And if that means they want to build on their property, in my opinion, you should have the right to do that. Because it's not just freedom for me and not for thee, which was my critique of the Canadian truckers. We should all have the freedom to build on our property. And if, and you know, this is going to go further, friends. I mean, because now they're allowing people in single family home neighborhoods to convert their lot into a four unit apartment building or, you know, to build more granny flats. I mean, this is going to start building steam here, especially if we don't address the housing crisis. There's just too much of a financial incentive for people to convert their single family home into multifamily units and be able to make darn good money renting that property out because there's such massive demand and such little supply. So we're going to see more of this. Um, And I think creating more housing supply is ultimately good. It's good for the economy. I think right now, housing prices, as much as I love the fact my price on my home has gone up, housing prices are just way distorted, way distorted. So um, I think, you know, having some normalcy to that would be better. And then, yeah, imagine renting in Poway. It's not, it's expensive. How much does it cost to rent here? Like 2,500 bucks, I think, for like a two-bedroom apartment. It's something like that. That's a lot, a lot. Um, Especially if you are, you know, working a blue-collar job or working a job that is somewhere in the neighborhood of the minimum wage. It's tough. It really is. Uh, Housing in San Diego is just a disaster. The answer isn't affordable housing that's subsidized by taxpayers. That's not the answer. The answer is more supply. It's Econ 101. If there's high demand, you bring up the supply, and then the price kind of dampens, it kind of neutralizes. And I think that's the right approach. Okay. Um, oh, and then you know, the other thing with this, uh, the other angle, which there's a little similarity between the Voss thing and Putin, which they're not the same person. Don't get me wrong. But there's a little bit of this tribal thing going on in Poway, right? There's a tribal thing where there's sort of this loyal opposition. There's a group of people in Poway that are very vocal um, in their in their, um, in their their dislike with the way the city's being run. Now, granted, that's a good thing. I mean, it's good that our city leaders aren't, you know, under some uh, pretense that, you know, they are they're glorified in, in their town. They should have some friction. That's, friction's a good thing for a politician. It just keeps them more honest. Um, but there is a certain tribal nature of things that go on in Poway. You know, there's a South Poway, North Poway thing that some people think is a really big thing and other people think is mostly just um, smoke in mirrors. Some people also kind of refuse to look at it, purposely turn the other way and say, we're all one Poway. But that's a tribal angle to this. There's, there's the tribal angle of, um, of the recall against Voss. Um, but at the same time, there are individual rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think 
it's good to live in a society where we have the freedom to pursue our own happiness. It's kind of like the, the Trump supporters that are out there on the corner of Twin Peaks and Pomerado. I love the fact that they're out there. Now, I really disagree with their message because I don't think they understand what freedom is. I think they want freedom for me, but not for thee. They want freedom for themselves, but they want a wall on the southern border. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I love that they're out there. I really do. I think it's cool. I mean, it, it, now granted, there could be a bit of a nuisance and, you know, they're, they're all fired up for their cause. And maybe you don't like the cause and you drive through that intersection on Sundays and you'll get people that are loving them or hating them. Uh, honk, people honking horns or people leaning out their car and flipping them off. Um, it's something. I wish the, the, the liberal friends or Democratic progressive friends would show up and retake the one corner by uh, Jersey Mike's because they, they, there needs to be an opposition message there. I, I think that would be a good thing. But, you know, um, does any of this, I mean, the net net of this, does any of this really rise to the level of a recall for Voss? Well, I think it's good to sign the, the petition. Okay, I didn't sign it. Now, I would have signed it if I would have had an opportunity to sign it, but I just never took the time and effort to go chase it down because I kind of always figured they were never going to get enough in the first place because Voss has so much support. But if, if, uh, if Chris Olps came here and put the petition in front of my nose, I'd sign it. Not just because I was on a podcast, but I like recalls. <laughs> I, I think they're good. Um, now, does, does all of these violations meet the threshold to remove Voss from office? Well, first of all, we'll never know because the recall was never approved. I, I don't think it was. Um, I, I now, granted, I voted for the recall of Newsom, Gavin Newsom, because I thought what he did to shut down parts of the economy was horrible, was tyrannical. And then, by the way, he goes and violates his own orders at the French Laundry Restaurant and at SoFi Stadium for the NFC Championship game without the mask. But I thought what he did to shut down parts of the economy was just way beyond the pale. The exact opposite of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I enthusiastically signed that one and voted for the recall. But I knew also that was probably not, he wasn't going to be recalled. I mean, California was just too blue. So... Does Voss get anywhere near that threshold of Gavin Newsom? No. I mean, is it anywhere near the threshold of like Watergate? No. Now, are some of these issues legitimate gripes? Yes. I think some of them are. And I think hopefully those will get hashed out. Now, the good news is, is that uh, voters will have their chance in November of 2022 to reelect Voss or to remove him from office. Um, and, and I would hope that those people that signed the petition, all 5,100 of them allegedly, I would hope that they come out and vote against him. And I would hope that the people that supported the recall, or excuse me, the people that didn't like Voss but didn't want the recall because they didn't like the timing or the expense, I hope they vote their values too. And then let's see what happens. Um, I know I, Voss hasn't announced his uh, reelection, but given that he didn't win the county supervisor seat two years ago, I'm assuming he's going to run again. 
Um, and I'm also assuming that he's going to win again. Um, but I will say this, he's never been more vulnerable, um, not just because of the recall, but because there's such massive changes going on in Poway that a lot of people are kind of, yeah, they're sort of ruffled. They ru- their feathers are ruffled and some people are just not happy with the changes. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. So um, at any rate, uh, Chris, um, you're always welcome to come on the podcast and talk it out. And give I'll give you fair shot at it all, you know, and um, and we'll have a conversation, not a debate. Just we'll talk about it, and I'll share my thoughts. You share your thoughts. In some cases, we'll agree. In some cases, we'll disagree. And in the end, I think people watching or listening to the podcast will benefit from it because they'll hear an interesting conversation, and they'll also learn more about some of these details of things that are going on in Poway that the average mom or dad that's busy with their career and raising their kids are really just not paying attention to. And I think that in and of itself is valuable. That's why I like to think of this podcast as something of a community forum. Okay. So what are your thoughts? Do you have any closing thoughts on the recall of Mayor Voss, the failed recall of Mayor Voss? I look forward to your thoughts and comments. You can go on my um, my website, go to connectwithjohnny.com. And that's the connect page on my johnreillyproject.com page, uh, website. But if you go to connectwithjohnny.com, you'll see all my social media platforms. You can click there and then like or follow me on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, all the podcast platforms where this podcast is is re, uh, presented, YouTube, and then all the audio-only ones, they're all listed there. Um, and I encourage you to subscribe. And then um, and you can also get on my mailing list at connectwithjohnny.com. Okay. So there, there's a few more things I want to talk about. We're not going to do them in this podcast episode. We've already gone way too long. Um, but I do, I, I think in, a, in my next one, I'm probably going to talk a little bit about the let them breathe people um, and the idea of school choice. Um, I've had some interesting discussions with some friends, uh, locals here in Poway about these ideas. Um, I'm probably going to share some thoughts on that. Um, I still want to talk a little bit about Eric Weddle and the Super Bowl. I think that's a fun story. Um, there's also this new million dollar city list that came out. Um, and Poway was a recent addition to that list. I think that'll be a fun one to cover. Um, and then there's some interesting people I want to talk about. Um, you know, uh, one of the former uh, uh, candidates for city council, Phil Factor, um, has moved from Poway. I had a wonderful discussion with Phil. And boy, he is pursuing his happiness. I'll tell you what. Um, so um, love just to reflect on that, you know, while still respecting his privacy. And, and then finally, um, I'm having a really great experience right now with an appliance repair person that I was referred to from the Poway Neighbors Facebook group. And this guy is awesome. And I'm going to talk about him for sure, uh, in the next podcast episode. So um, if you want to learn more about the whole Recall Voss initiative, uh, their website is still up and you can go to recallvoss.com and you'll see a lot more detail and, and uh, you know, about their cause. You can donate to their cause if you want. I don't know what they're going to do with that website, if they're going to take it down or if they're going to transform it into something else. But that's still up there if you want to take a peek and learn more about what they were up to. Uh, but, you know, the, the so-called, I, I like to call them the loyal opposition. Um, and I think they're, they're a good force in Poway. Now, granted, I know the, the Poway City Council people don't like them because <laughs> they're, they're an irritant, irritating pest for the city council. But I think that's a good thing. 
Um, we need to have politicians being pestered and making sure that they understand that there are a lot of other people in the city that have different points of view. And then it, then it places a burden on that politician to do what they, what really should be the right thing. Um, but you know, this group of loyal opposition, they're not going away. And frankly, they're probably growing, especially with this recall initiative. Have they gotten to the point of critical mass to impact an election so far? No, but they are getting stronger. Um, you know, this, the South Poway Residents Association was a thing probably 20 years ago. And I remember I was part of that. I went to their meetings because I used to live in South Poway. Um, but it was really small then. But it's bigger now. And there's going to be a lot more people living on South Poway once they build all those apartments and condos. You know, three to 4,000. I mean, that could really actually bolster the ranks of the loyal opposition. We'll see how that sticks out. Okay. Um, until then... I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, you want to support the podcast, go to johnrallyproject.com. Click on the donate button. We love your support. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe. And we'll be back at you probably on Friday um, at 2 o'clock. So until then, friends, thank you very much. Have a great day out there and uh, stay warm and dry. All right. We'll see you, friends. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor, subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog or get more information please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.